Unsung Heroes and Two-Faced Zeros, two things I want to talk about this day. For the third Friday in a row, tears have been shed as the nation mourns a crime that still amazes us happened here. Three Fridays, a fortnight. The last fortnight has been, well, incredible, uh, unprecedented, each day packed with more and more to digest. The pace of it all has been hectic. We saw that pace affect Winston Peters. It is an incredible feat of emotional endurance by our Prime Minister. But the people I most want to reach out today to are our police force. So my producer and I have been hearing stories about how this fortnight has stretched our officers and their families to their limit. From that very first moment a fortnight ago, the pressure has been on. And even then, that first moment a fortnight ago, uh, would have been the hardest hour of the involved police officers' lives ever. And what then happened in the minutes and in the hours and in the days has been the largest police investigation in New Zealand's history. 500 officers on the case. Police flown into Christchurch from all around the country. Plans scrapped. Families left behind. Drop everything. Get there now. Meanwhile, throughout the nation, the security now required nationwide is also taxing on time, energy and the capacity of the New Zealand police. So much so that many of the gatherings in towns today to watch this morning's remembrance service had to be cancelled. We just didn't have enough boots on the ground. And we're hearing from the families of police officers and police officers themselves. We're hearing of eight, nine, ten day weeks, long, hard days, long, hard days, fully armed, fully kitted up, guarding the nation's mosques. They are working their butts off. Every single one of them. Leave cancelled. And also, I mean, this week we've also heard criticism of the police response from some anti-terrorist expert from Australia, which I felt was unwelcome and unnecessary and did not have to go through the media. It may indeed strictly be true. But pile that onto any guilt or sorrow the police force is already feeling about what they could have done better that evil day and since. And you know that our thin blue line is being stretched. And yet despite the pressure... They have responded day after day after day after day uh, with heavy hearts, but at the same time with a positive demeanour. So I just wanted to take this, operate, uh, uh, this opportunity to say to our police, I thank you. We all thank you. Stay strong. And it is appreciated. And before I move on, I want to say something about Brexit from this morning. Ugh. We now wait for a vote tomorrow on what is known as MV3, the third modified version of the original Theresa May deal, which some people said was swallowing rats. The Speaker has finally allowed it through. Prime Minister May sweetened the deal for her parliament by saying, I'll quit if you approve this. Then you won't have to deal with me anymore, stepping aside to allow someone else, possibly, to see it through to the end. Now, because of the sacrificial move, the most stringent critics have indicated they may fall in behind the deal, prepared to abandon any credibility they might have had. World champion hypocrites 
like Boris Johnson and Jacob Rees-Mogg, who have previously described the deal as plunging the UK into vassalry and slavery, are suddenly saying they'll vote for it. It's extraordinary. Their personal ambition is breathtaking, and I have to say, Boris and Jacob, it's so obvious. All these Brexiteers want to do is vote for the cat vomit they've described, watch May resign, stage their own coup, get their own people in charge, then tear the whole thing up. They're shaking hands with knives behind their back, I saw a friend of mine write. And this is what has coloured the whole sad affair for me. It's been a political parlour game played out in fantasy land by players only interested in their own power and not their country's well-being. And I'm talking from the very first time that David Cameron said, let's go and uh, try and do this. But meanwhile, while the politicians play their little game, out in the real world, faced with such uncertainty... Real businesses, real factories, real workers, real bosses are starting to abandon the UK like rats on the sinking ship. They can't make plans ahead. And so the Brexiteers, with breathtaking two-facedness, may indeed finally win this battle, only to find the war has been lost and they've inherited a shattered and divided land.